Turn your Bibles to the book of Acts. We are going to be in chapter 27, book of Acts chapter 27. And as you're turning there, the Methodist minister had been summoned to the bedside of a Baptist woman who was very ill. As he went up the walk, he met the little daughter and said to her, I'm very glad your mother remembered me in her illness. Is your minister out of town? No, the little girl answered. He's at home, but we thought it might be something contagious so that we didn't want to expose him to it. That's terrible. Amen. This morning, I want to talk about in the storm. Amen. Something we can all relate to, being in the storm. And as I told you, we're going to be looking in the book of Acts. We think of the book of Acts. The book of Acts gives us the spread of Christianity from the, from the time of the ascension of Jesus Christ all the way through uh, the Apostle Paul's trip to Rome as God had summoned him to Rome to, to preach the gospel in what was the world's capital of that day. It covers 30 years of some of the most important transition period, transition years of Christianity. In the first um, 13 chapters, or 12 chapters, first 12 chapters, you have Peter, you have Stephen, uh, you have Philip, Barnabas. Um, these were the, the main characters in those first 12 chapters. But once you hit chapter 13 and the, and the remaining 16 chapters of the book, it focuses directly on the Apostle Paul. And that's what we're going to pick up in chapter 27. Skip down to verse 20. Acts 27, skip down to verse 20. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them, and he said, Men, you should have listened to me, and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God, that it will be just as he told me. So here we read that the Apostle Paul is aboard this ship that's heading right into the eye of a vicious storm. Uh, right in verse 20, as we started to read, it said, no small tempest beat on us. Basically, he's saying this was a massive, monstrous storm. Now, this entire chapter details how the Apostle Paul wrote out this storm. And that's exactly what I want for us to do this morning. When we are in that storm, all the storms of life that we come across, when we're in that storm, how do we ride it out? Amen? How do we ride it out? Now, I want to make an observation here. This chapter, Acts chapter 27, has 44 verses in it. 
It's a relatively long chapter uh, when you consider chapters in the Bible. So we have to ask ourselves, why would God devote such a long chapter on a ship that has encountered this raging storm? And the answer is because it's much more than just a ship and a storm. Amen? There is a much, much deeper spiritual life application that God wants us to see in, in this chapter. Now, remember, when we, whenever we read the Bible, whenever we study the Bible, there's three things that we need to do. Number one, we need to find out what is the actual historical content that God is, is telling us. Secondly, we have to see in that historical context, what is God's spiritual message for us when we're reading that? What is God's spiritual message? And then how can we apply that spiritual message to our daily lives? Amen? That's what we do every time we read the Bible, whenever we study the Bible, those three important things that we need to do. Now here, the spiritual message that God wants us to see is that, is that ship represents you and me. Amen? That ship represents you and me when we're in the storms of life. Some days, the sun is shining bright. You know, things are, things are going great. Amen? And then other days, it's mostly cloudy. Things aren't great, but, you know, the day isn't a complete disaster either. And then... There are those days when there's a mighty raging storm all around us. Amen. We're all familiar with all three of these types of days. And that raging storm, it may be a, a, a marital storm. It may be a, 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 you know, a financial storm. Or it could be a, a failing health storm. It doesn't matter what kind of storm. The bottom line is that we're in the middle of this storm. And this chapter represents all humanity and our daily life. Amen? That ship represents you and I in the middle of those storms. Some days things go smoothly, and other days the storm rages about us. Amen? I also want to point out another observation. The Apostle Paul, he's a prisoner on this ship for preaching the gospel. Amen? We We can't lose sight of that. He's being transported to Rome to be put on trial. Paul starts this journey as the prisoner, but as we see, he ends up being the captain of the ship. Amen? You know, it's human nature for us to see, you know, right off the bat, the negativity in difficulty, isn't it? The moment difficulty comes, our human nature, we want to see the negativity in that difficulty. But with the Apostle Paul... When you read through the book of Acts, encounter after encounter, difficulty after difficulty, he sees the opportunity in that difficulty. Amen? How does he do it? Very simple. He applies God's word in every situation of life. You put him in prison, what does he do? He becomes the jailer or at minimum the song leader. Amen? You put him on trial before Agrippa. He becomes the prosecuting attorney. That's because he chooses to apply God's word, amen, and he sees the opportunity in every single difficult situation. 2 Corinthians 
Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen? It's that simple. And if you're in the middle of a storm today, we're going to look through God's word, and we're going to see how we can all ride out that storm. Amen? First thing I want us to see, first thing I want us to know is why do we have storms? We all come against, come up against storms, right? Saved or lost, it doesn't matter. We all come up against storms. Now, when we think of storms of life, we can really break these down to four basic types. And the first type is your basic storm. These come up just as a part of life. Amen? Just as I said, every person comes up against storms, saved or lost. The Bible tells us that rain falls on the just and the unjust. You know, we think of storms of failing health and and death and disease. These are all storms as a result of our fallen nature. Amen? Just because sin entered into humanity, sin entered into this world, we have basic storms. Second type of storms are storms of disobedience. Amen? These are storms that, that, that come our way. They're caused by our own disobedience. You think of these type of storms, the first person that pops into my head is Jonah. That's the type of storm that Jonah encountered for himself. He created for himself. We all know the story of Jonah. You know how he had to spend the night on that blubber mattress, amen, that blubber hammock. He ran right out of God's will, right into the eye of the storm, the storms that come up out of disobedience, amen. The third type of storms are the storms of development, the storms of development. Those are storms that God allows into our life in order to develop us. A good example is, you know, really the, the, um, our scripture reading this morning. Brother Ken led us in that, in that scripture reading. If you look in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took Jesus along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. He had just ordered the new my pillows came out. And they awoke him, and they said to Jesus, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then Jesus arose, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But Jesus said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You see, Jesus knew that there was a storm before they even set sail. But he had them go into the storm. He allowed that storm into their life in order to develop their faith. Amen? In order to strengthen their faith. So there are times that God will allow storms into our life to develop us, to strengthen our faith. Amen? So there will be times when we encounter storms, not because we are outside the will of God, but because we are in the will of God. We are doing the will of God. Amen? 
And God will allow those storms in order to develop us, to, to strengthen our faith. And the last type of storm, these are the storms that we are drug into by other people. Amen? You hear that? Storms that we are drug into by other people. This is the type of storm that we see the Apostle Paul in here in Acts chapter 27. Amen? He was a prisoner, but he was also a seasoned, experienced seaman. He had sailed many, many, many times before. He knew that they shouldn't have tried to sail. He even tried to warn them. Amen? But he was the one that was guarded by a centurion. Amen? He was the one that had chains about his wrists. So he had to go along without any other choice. Most of us can identify with this type of storm, this type of situation. Amen? Sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of a storm that's not of our own making. For instance, just listen to the news, read the newspapers. Day in, day out, we see many children that are cast into storms because of ungodly parents making bad decisions. Amen? They have no other choice. They have to go into the storm, drug into that storm by someone else. Many find themselves in storms because the, those in authority mislead them or they make bad decisions themselves. You think as a nation, we find ourselves in the middle of storms because of ungodly leadership, ungodly politicians making decisions for us. Leaders that believe that, that killing the unborn is a right. Leaders that, that believe that, that breaking down the, the traditional God-formed family of a husband and wife is the right thing to do. Leaders that, that, that encourage government handouts over a hard day's work. And you can go on and on and on over the years of bad, ungodly politicians that, that lead us as a nation into the wrong path. We say, well, you know, that decision certainly does not reflect our interests. It definitely doesn't reflect our godly values, but there's nothing we can do about it. Amen. We're drug into that storm because those in authority. Many times we find ourselves as a nation, we are prisoners to the politicians as they drag us right into the eye of the storm. Amen. So those are the four basic types of storms that we encounter in life. If we go back into our text in, in Acts chapter 27. Go back to verse 9. Skip up to verse 9 if we can. Now, when much time had been spent, I want you to underscore that part. Now, when much time had been spent, and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. You see, that, that storm caused by other people that we're drug into, that is exactly where we find the Apostle Paul. His spiritual radar said what? 
don't sell. His experience as a seaman said, don't sell. But then we see verse 11. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. It was out of his control. Amen. His spiritual radar said, don't sail, but it was out of his control. You know, we, we think about that centurion. And if we put ourselves in his shoes, he actually had a pretty tough decision to make. Amen. On one hand, he had the owner of the ship. He also had the captain of that ship, who was also subject to the owner of that ship. A successful businessman. And what are successful businessmen interested in? Making money, amen? The bottom line. He's motivated by profits and he's led by worldly wisdom. Then on the other hand, you have this man of God. But he happens to have shackles on his wrists, amen? So the centurion decides, listen, I'm not going to go with the Jesus freak. I'm going to go with the one who owns the ship. So let's sail. That was his decision. And as we read, he makes a big mistake. Amen? So let me outline five ways that we can sink our own ship. Amen? Five ways to sink our ship. First is to make our decisions in haste. Amen? As I pointed out in verse 9, now when much time had been spent, too much time had already gone by, so they felt that they, they had to make a decision quickly. Whether good or bad, they felt they had to make a quick decision. Now something that we must understand, that is not a reason to make a decision. Amen? That is never a reason to make a decision. That's an excuse, but not a reason. Amen? Too many have fallen into this snare. Bad decisions made out of haste that come with huge negative consequences. Amen? Many have quit school. Many have quit jobs. Many have quit their church. Many have moved their family without getting direction from their Lord. Amen. They've made decisions out of haste. Now, if you're in the middle of a decision, you need to go to the Lord first. Amen. Go to the Lord first before you make that decision. Move when and where God's Holy Spirit leads us. And don't follow your own path. Amen? Wait for God's answer and follow his lead. Wait upon the Lord. We can't make the mistake of, of making our decisions out of haste, whether big or small. And we have to understand that, that God's Holy Spirit leads us. Amen? Read that through the scriptures. God will lead us, lead us, lead us. He's never behind us, pushing us. Amen? We have to understand that. He goes before us, never follows behind us. If you ever feel pushed into something, 
then you have to know it is not our Lord. Amen? God goes before us. He's never behind us pushing us. Never make a decision that you feel pushed into. Amen? That's a decision made out of haste, and you're going to sink your ship in that storm. Secondly, you can sink your ship by making this decision based on worldly wisdom. Amen? Verse 11. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. This world is full of opinions, and it's also full of so-called experts. Why take marriage advice from a psychiatrist or a, or a counselor who's been divorced and remarried four times themselves? Amen? That doesn't make much sense, does it? Why take business advice, financial advice from, uh, advice from someone who's filed bankruptcy six or seven times in their life? It doesn't make sense. If you have a decision to make, find godly counsel. Amen? Find godly counsel. Third way to sink our ship is to take the easy way out. You hear that? Take the easy way out. Look at verse 12. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in. To winter in, to, to, to buckle down for the winter. When you take the easy way out, you're almost guaranteed extra problems going down that path. Amen? Understand that. We are to endure the hardships as a soldier of Christ, the Bible tells us, we cannot allow the flesh to, con uh, to, to convince us to take that path of least resistance. Amen? Because that's our human nature. That is the flesh. The flesh wants to do the least amount possible. Take the path of least resistance. Take the easy way out. We are to trust we are to listen to, we are to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit, even if it means traveling down some of the roughest roads possible. Amen? Plain and simple. We need to remember that He is leading us down that rough path. Amen? He's going before us, not pushing behind. Plain and simple. The fourth way to sink our ship is to follow the crowd. Amen? Second part of verse 12. Because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also. The majority. They had taken a vote and 275 hands went up. The Apostle Paul was the 276th person on that ship, just so you know. Amen? The majority had ruled. And too often, especially today, we need to understand that the majority is wrong. Amen? We think back in the Bible. Twelve spies were sent into Canaan. Ten of them came back with a negative feeling about Canaan. Ten of them said, we can't enter in. 
Only two, Joshua and Caleb, got it right. Amen? Only two of the ten followed God's will for them. God's plan for Israel was to be ruled by a theocracy. If you go back in the Old Testament, you read about the times of the judges. That was God's plan for Israel to be ruled by a theocracy. Amen? But the Israelites, they complained and they cried out and they wanted a monarchy. They wanted to be ruled by one king. Amen? So God gave them what they wanted and gave them King Saul. And it didn't take very long to figure out that they did not want what they got. Amen? Plain and simple. The majority was wrong in both situations. And too often, the majority is nothing more than people proving their ignorance. Amen? Apart from God. Because that's what the majority of this world is. The majority is apart from God. And we have to understand that. And the last way to sink our ship is to depend on circumstances. Amen? Depend on circumstances. Look at verse 13. When the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed. You see what they did? That south wind blew softly. As soon as they saw that soft south wind, they supposed that they had gotten what they desired. They thought they received a sign. They were depending on the, on the circumstances. But they were completely wrong. Amen? Because as we read, that, that soft southerly wind turned into a vicious, raging, relentless storm. A bad decision based solely on circumstances. Amen? Too often. Even when we... Go to the Lord in prayer. We end up making a decision out of haste based on circumstances and not God's answer. Amen? Too often we go to God in prayer, we get impatient, and we make a decision based on the circumstances around us. I prayed about it. Look what's in front of me. That must be what God wants me to do. Wait for God's answer. Amen? Don't make a decision out of haste. Because sometimes God's answer is wait. Amen? It's not only just yes or no. Sometimes it's wait. The timing isn't right. Over and over, we read in the Bible, in the fullness of time, God sent his son. Listen, the Israelites, the Jews, they they thought it was way past time. Amen? 400 years of silence. And then when Jesus finally came, they thought he was going to be a political leader, not a spiritual leader. We go to God in prayer. We need to wait for his decision and not make our decision based on circumstances. Amen? Many times, 
God's decisions are against the circumstances around us. Amen? God's decisions are against common wisdom. We have to understand that about our Almighty God. Bottom line, no, big, no matter how big or how small the decision, we need to seek God's wisdom and His decision about it. Amen.